Well, greetings and welcome to Bombadil's Porch. Today is April 29th, and I am Caleb Klontz, joined by Chris Martin and often Nate Larmore, but he is not on the porch with us today. And uh, we are here to uh, discuss things that are going on in the world. We're uh, three Christian dads, typically two today, uh, just uh, <laughs> having a discussion together. Indeed. Freestyle. Uh, hopefully it won't just be Chris talking to himself. But <laughs> what? No, just kidding. Uh, we'll see how chatty I get today. I'm pretty chatty today, I think. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be all right. I am. You're ready to go. I am sipping my terere, my yerba mate from my uh, guampa and bombilla <laughs> that I have here from. Also known as a horn. South America. He like legit has this cut me out of a horn. With a filter straw in it. It's made pretty, out of metal. Pretty wild. And I'm drinking my tea. Because mm -hmm. it's reminding me of sitting on the porch, adding to the whole experience. Yeah, I'm sitting on my chair, watching him do so. <laughs> Maybe you can hear that. <laughs> Drinking the tea out of my straw. There we go. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> we miss Nate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come Ooh, back, fall apart. Yep. All right, Nate is away on business, and so he has an excused absence today, um, and we did not find a fitting replacement for him. <laughs> not that we ever could. Indeed. But we are going to be discussing some things today. Yeah, I think they're interesting. I think so. And I don't really remember what they are because we didn't have a script. <laughs> so we well, talked about them earlier. One of them was highlighted again at lunch today. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were having lunch and the manager of the fine culinary establishment was busily trying to clean up uh, messes from leaked equipment and uh, what appeared to be her assistant manager was also running about frantically uh, trying to do, I don't know how many things at one time, but more than it seemed like one person should be responsible for. Yes. Uh, they were just hustling and bustling and we actually had talked to the manager briefly and uh, she just uh, offered <laughs> uh, what for her was the, the key problem they were facing and that was uh, people don't show up to work and, and mentioned that that had been a, a, a growing challenge and shaking her head she said I've never seen anything like it uh, they have been trying to interview for new employees and she said they've got about a 5 to 1 ratio where if they have you know 6 people that say I'd like to work for your store uh, they say, great, come in and interview. Only one of them will actually even show up for the interview. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, these are people that have said, we yes. want to work for you. Let me, here's my, I want to fill out an application. Right. Uh, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've been reading some articles even that have been saying around the area, there's a massive worker shortage in general. And anecdotally, anecdotally it seems like everywhere we go, mm -hmm. we're seeing now hiring signs. Um, but even those that do show up for the interview that even get their, their application through the process and are hired, she was saying they, they many times only work one or two days and then they decide oh, that's actually work. I don't want, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to come anymore. And they just quit. Yeah. And fast food is not for the faint hearted. I mean, it's uh it can be taxing, but still, I mean, <laughs> fast food is not for the faint hearted. It's like, I think fast food makes you faint hearted. <laughs> make you faint hearted. <laughs> but 
Yeah, it is yeah. work. It is yeah. actual work for the people working there. For the people in the drive-through, it's not work, right? That's it's the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> That's why fast food exists. But you've you've had some experience I in have. this world, and, yes. and when you were a, a master of the the rapid culinary arts, uh, <laughs> uh, what what was that culture like? Did you see that kind of turnover? That kind of lack of showing up? Um, I, I don't think to the extent we're seeing now. I, I cut my teeth at Wendy's uh, in high school. It was my uh, first kind of my, well, my first job was at a thrift store. It was my second job technically, nice. but uh, but my first real job, if you will. <laughs> I always felt that way a little bit about it. Um, not that I didn't take my first job seriously, but that was just like <laughs> the, the grunt that just go around and do things. You know what I found uh, working at Wendy's uh, was um, – that man, it, it didn't take much of a work ethic to uh, to be really valued you know, in in the workplace, and that's partly because you know we had you know just some people that were working there that were just clearly didn't want to do anything in life other than you know work for the next drink or whatever it might be you know, um, and so I, that you know that was kind of sad to see as a young man um, working through all that. But what I learned is, you know, uh, you, uh, you get praised if you just show up. And that's one of the things we talked about is just just showing up is huge in today's uh, day. But if you just work hard and, uh, you know, I just stro- strove to do my best at whatever position it was I was in. So cashier, things where they had me starting out. And then I was back on the line, running the grill, cleaning the grill, um, doing the fry station uh, doing the, uh, sandwich making station, you know, where you had to know how to, how to make it, you know, the old white, red, green, white, red, green kind of thing. So you remember, <laughs> you know, with the order that you put your, you know, the, was it, uh, it was white, red, green. So what was that? But mayo, lettuce, <laughs> tomato? Um, no, it was, uh, the first was mayo, ketchup, pickle, and then. Wait, that's and white, then red, green. White, red, green. I thought you said, never mind. White, red, green, white, red, green. Twice. Oh, okay. Because then oh, it's the, okay. then it's the onion. Yeah, tomato and lettuce, white, red, green. Yeah, white, red, green. Nice. Mayo, ketchup. Anyway, uh, the standard, <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, and then some burgers got mustard, you know, but that was underneath. Oh, okay. So, there Sneaky. You go. Uh-huh. Yes. Nice. Then you could figure out the uh, the order. But I don't think Wendy's traditionally puts mustard on theirs. Maybe not. It was kind of like an add-on extra thing, maybe on one burger or something. Gotcha. Don't remember. But anyway. But you actually um, had to be there to yeah. to do your white, red, green. But, you know, if you ex- just showed a little bit of a competency at all levels, I was mentioning this to you earlier, uh, you were gold, I mean, to the to the manager. You could work pretty much as many hours as you wanted to or as, as you were legally allowed to, and they'd be asking you to come in for extra shifts or to stay late or here, we'll buy you lunch if you'll, you know, clock off for an hour and then come back on so that we can have a second shift or whatever it was. And it didn't take long, really, before they were saying, hey – do you want to work in? And I was still in high school, right? Do you want an assistant, like an assistant, or not assistant manager, what do they call it? I forgot they're called. Like a super, supervisor. Or yeah, a shift okay. supervisor. You know, wanting to work you into that, wanting to work you into maybe management as soon as you get out of high school kind of a thing. You know, it was like, well, we got this kid. Let's, you know, let's capitalize on him. And I, and I didn't stay there that long because it wasn't long after that that I got, you know, I, an opportunity to work, uh, you know, delivery driver at a furniture store, which was in a lot of ways harder work. <laughs> But uh, physically harder, um, but a little less mentally taxing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it can be, uh, you know, I worked at Starbucks as well. And uh, and so you got to memorize a lot of things. So the mental part can be 
can be taxing for some people. But really, uh, once you get in the groove, man, a couple of the most fun fun times I've had, I think, just working with with a crew and everybody, when everybody's doing their part and everybody's working together, mm. it's great. But I have seen fast food. It doesn't take a whole lot for it all to fall apart, right? Because if everybody's doing their job, the machine's running, right? You got all the pistons firing. But as soon as one of those pistons <laughs> stops firing, you end up with some problems <laughs> in the engine, right? So right. that's kind of what it looked like a little bit today at our experience. Uh, it did. And, you know, we were talking about that. Our hearts went out to them because that had not looked like fun. You no. Know, there's, nobody had that sense of, we're doing this. It's a team. It's hold on, hold yeah. on. Yes. Uh, and, you know, the, the food we got was good. And, yeah. you know, they they were still getting the job done. But they, that sense of, um, a, as a team, we're enjoying what we're doing just didn't seem to be there. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen that other places. I think I mentioned before on the porch conversation I had with another manager in the Valley who also had commented another um, a lady uh, who was the manager there said, she was coming in for her second shift of the day, and that had been happening multiple times that week mm-hmm. just because people didn't show up. They didn't yeah. call. They didn't quit. They just never came. And so then she yeah. gets the call. We we need someone to come back in. Mm-hmm. And she's the manager, so she's responsible. She gets back down there. Um, trying to think, what is feeding into that trend? Because that doesn't seem normal. I mean, there's certain industries that have high turnover rates, and that's true. Sure. But historically, it's been marked by, I applied, I went to the interview, I tried, if I got in, I worked, if I decided I didn't like it or found another option, I gave my two weeks notice and then did the next thing as opposed to just, you know, I just really don't feel like showing up for work today. (laughs) So I won't. (laughs) Well, and you know, there's also, I I don't know, it seems like there's, uh, I don't know, I was... A bit of an attitude of, you know, you that that gets let slide a couple of times before you're fired. Hmm. And there's not a real hard, you know, you're fired line. And I think that that's a part of the problem is, you know, Interesting. We've, we've begun to cater to, um, you know, because it's hard to find good work. So you get somebody trained and then they're working, but then they just don't show up. And it's like, well, what's the work? It's going to cost me far more if I actually can this guy. Then let it slide a couple of times. But the more you let it slide, the more everybody else freaks out and, and it falls right. apart. Where, you know, is it harder work to say, you're fired, we're going to hire somebody else? Yes. In the short term, it's going to be harder work. But I think that's a change in the ethic that we're seeing too, is that that even in management, they're not willing to take those, say, listen, this is going to really stink for me because I'm going to have to come in and pull double shifts for the next couple of weeks while I train some new people. But that's what it's going to take. Hmm. Because that creates an attitude in the rest of the crew, too, where they go, oh, they're serious, you know? Right. You don't have to do that too many times. No, you don't. You don't. And, you know, you don't want to be mean and you don't want to be a jerk about it. But but you've got a business to run. You've got a business to run. So maybe that's a word to management type types out there. Right. But uh, I think it's also a word to parents, even for us as, sure. as we raise our children. Um, there is something that is failing in the the ethical fiber of this generation that is that is becoming a characteristic of the generation and there's a number of factors and this manager we were talking today was alluding to one of them she was saying you know she's figured out that some of the people she's been talking to are making more on unemployment 
uh, yeah. and and such different government programs than she's making as the manager yeah. of this restaurant. And so that incentive then to not work is high. Sure. Because why would I want to begin to do hard work and make less money? Yeah. And a lot of folks are just working for the paycheck or they're living yeah. for the weekend or whatever, you know, pick your yeah, and, and, and idiom. A part of that is that the only value that I think in our culture we're beginning to see in work is the paycheck, right? Yeah. That, that's the value we're seeing. We're not, we're not, and this is what we need to build into our kids is that there is a value in working and working mm-hmm. hard. I mean, biblically, we know that, um, that, you know, we, mm-hmm. we were made to work. I mean, we really right. were. And, and that's, that's a good thing. And that wasn't yeah, God yeah. was like, I made this beautiful planet. Let's ruin Adam's day. Sure. So, <laughs> so. We, were, we were designed to work pre-fall, right? Yes. Work six, rest one. I mean, that's a, that's a biblical uh, concept from the beginning. Um, and that's how we were created to be. And that doesn't mean every person has to be out there at a you know, grueling physical job. But it's also good, especially for our young people, to learn that. So parents... I definitely would not encourage you to protect your kids from that. I, you know, I, no. I worked fast food. I worked some jobs like that, 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 you know, you go, man, that's not a great job. Who wants to have a fast food as their first job? But you know what? I, I kind of wish all my kids had to go through that because I think there's, yeah, it's hot and you're running around and you come home smelling like grease and you got to clean bathrooms and you got to do all this stuff. But that's somebody has to do that in life. And so there's value to learning to do that work. Yeah. And and learning to see the honorable side of it, that this is this is a good thing for me to be doing and to do it to do it right and to do it well. Mm-hmm. And I know even around our home, often my children will come to me after a task and be like, So am I am I done? And my my preferred response is, Well, I don't know. What, what were you given responsibility for? You know, oh, I'm supposed to go clean this room. Okay, you go tell me, is, is the job done right? Mm-hmm. Well, do I have to do this? Yeah. Uh, well, you tell me, is that part of doing the job right? Maybe, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's important for, I think for us as, as parents is not creating a harsh environment but that when a, a, when a responsibility has been assigned, there's initiative implied in that. That this is this is the thing that I have asked you to take care mm-hmm. of, and you personally need to decide: Have I done the level of work here that is necessary to be able to go back and say this has been well cared for? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm not willing to say that, if I'm hoping that you're happy with a half done job and that's good enough for me to get by. You've missed the whole point of the exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not a punishment. <laughs> this, this was sure. an opportunity to take stewardship, and, and I think that is largely missing in our in our culture. Our culture is constantly making concessions, especially for our young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's handing out diagnoses like candy, whether it's uh, reducing st- academic standards on an annual basis, it seems like uh, whether it just it's socially. Um, the level of of protection from thoughts that they might not want to have to interact with, or mm-hmm. realities that they might find uh, difficult, and mm-hmm. we've we've created this uh, um, alternative reality that we try to try to coop up our young people in, and then we incentivize them not to engage with reality. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do find it hard, we'll we'll just make it so that you have all you need to eat and play games all day for free. 
Yeah. And they're like, sweet. That's all I feel, quote unquote, safe doing anyway. Sure. Uh, that That's not helpful. Uh, and, and we need to make sure that we're not, especially as, as Christians, that we're not getting sucked into that. Mm-hmm. That uh, the the risky nature of engaging with reality is a good thing. And there are days when that's just no fun. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, and then there are days when that's rewarding. Like you mentioned, there is something satisfying about being on a team where it is all clicking, yeah. even if you're all sweating. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And you be, you got you know, some young men up here splitting wood and things like that. And mm-hmm. you, there's something really good about that. And you can see those guys when they're talking about it. There's something about the fact that I work hard on something that matters. Well, and they're working together hard. Yeah. And, and that there's, you know, it's this way with spiritual, spiritual things too. When you're working together on the front lines of something and you're doing something that's even hard, it builds a, builds relationship and camaraderie at a level that, that doesn't just happen when you're hanging out playing video games. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, and so there's a sense of, you know, shared dignity for those guys. You know, you can see it when they're talking about it. You know, you ask Jack or, or Ben or, or, or Josiah or uh, Trent, you know, about it, and they're like, yeah, or, um, anyway, uh, oh, who's the other? Anyway. Jason? Jason, yeah, yeah, thanks, Jason. Um, but yeah, you asked those guys about it, and yeah, I mean, hard work, but, but at least I know when I talk to Josiah about it, you know, when he comes home, he's, he's, he's pretty amped up about it, you know, and, and he's tired and sore sometimes from hard work, but, but you can see that he sure. enjoys it, right? He's yeah. wanting to do that, and maybe that's partly his, who he is because he yeah. likes to do hard things. He likes football and wrestling because, you know. Well, not everybody has to do every job. But, yeah. but the job you set yourself to, do it with all your might mm. is unto the Lord. And there's going to be a season, especially as children, where that uh, you are assigned your tasks mm-hmm. largely. You don't get to go out and figure out which chores you feel like. Doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, I think, for a reason. So that we learn to engage with labor uh, with a good attitude. And that's mm-hmm. important. And what an opportunity that is. I think right now for the Christian community to make a name for itself in our larger community, Mm -hmm. uh, that should be a noticeable repeating trend that if year over year they're seeing fewer people that show up and fewer people that work hard, it should start to become just this really painfully obvious outlier, except for those Christian people that are there on time that mm-hmm. if you're paying them for eight hours of work, they're doing eight hours of work mm-hmm. and they're doing it with joy. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen without discipleship. You know what I think the answer is? Oh yeah. Is two more years of preschool and that's, two more years of free school after high school. That's probably it. You I know, know, I think you figured it out. If we could just give them more training that's probably in the public it. school system they probably would be better workers that's how we set them up for success that's sarcasm sorry <laughs> sorry for our <laughs> listeners <laughs> uh, anyway yes um, yeah, um, but yeah uh, that work work and you know i right now i can tell you right now lowes is hiring mm-hmm. right um, where were we the other day? Uh, Costa Vida's hiring. Mm-hmm. Taco Bell is hiring. Uh, Chipotle mm-hmm. will be hiring soon if they're not hiring yet because they're building <laughs> yeah. a Chipotle on, uh, hey, there you go. on Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, Carl's Jr. is hiring. Uh, you know, there are a lot of places hiring right now. You can get a job. Yep. So if you're 
old enough. Now, I don't know if it, you have to be 16 or what it mm-hmm. has to be, but I don't know that we have any 16-year-old listeners, but we have some mm-hmm. young and some older. But you can. You can get a job and you can work. And so... And especially if you're an independent, you know, mm-hmm. um, if you're like, I don't have a job, your job is find a job, if, mm-hmm. especially if you're a guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's part of your calling in life is to work. Yep. Well, I haven't found a good job that's going to, you know, meet my career goals. That's okay. Find any job so that you're working and then find the job that you would prefer while you're working your other job. That's right. Because there's not very many computer programming jobs for video games Mm -hmm. and you're not qualified for them anyway. So (laughs) go get a real job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Or work at it. Or work at it. You know, I think that is a growing field. It is. But it's work. Yep. You're going to find out uh, making computer, computer games is not always as entertaining as playing them. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough. Yep. So I think it's probably enough on that one for now. We'll see. Unless we think of something else. We so probably kind of will. Freestyle Eventually. So all right. Nate's not here. Yes. Line. We need to come up with an ingenious way to transition into our next topic. Yeah. On ingenuity. Hmm. Yep. Oh, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this was something else. Make a job. Oh, (laughs) if you don't have work, make work. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of another topic that came up as we were uh, talking about other things. And uh, of all things, it came up around the discussion of wood clamps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. My my Harbor Freight ones that don't really clamp well. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's true. Forgot how we got on that topic earlier, but that is what uh, we were talking about furniture. And we were. I was saying you should build some furniture or something. Yeah, and then somehow that led to uh, you, uh, some you like, tool I just yeah. bought. I just bought a compound miter saw, right? And then I was saying I thought about getting a Harbor Freight one, and I yeah. didn't. And then I talked about the clamps from Harbor Freight. Yeah, that don't clamp. I do have the Harbor Freight one. Yes, and it doesn't seem to matter how much I fiddle with a, a right angle. I can Uh-oh. never quite get a 90, perfect 90 degree cut on mm. it. So mine's a Ryobi. I'm hoping it's okay. I know guys that um, flip houses and other things. I don't think they listen to the podcast, but that have recommended the Ryobi. So it's yeah. probably okay. It seems like a pretty well thought of brand. Yeah. But it, it uh, the, when the topic of the clamps came up, it, it reminded me I had watched a video online of a woodworker who was showing old woodworking shops that had mm-hmm. been producing commercial furniture at scale back in the day and had hardly any clamps in the shop, which was just unthinkable today. Mm. If you look at pretty much any modern woodworking shop, they just, they have the wall yeah. <laughs> of clamps. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then we're going to put this piece on and to do this, you need to put these 30 clamps on that cost yeah, 30 exactly. bucks a piece or more, you know, and you know, they act like that's no big deal. And it's like, I know. The clamps to make that table cost more than my car. <laughs> exactly. Why <laughs> do you know? I watch a lot of those DIY videos and I go, ah, but what about the regular people that don't have, you know, 30 clamps in two different sizes or five, eight different sizes or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so he went on then to go back and show some historical research he'd done on on the techniques that they used to build this furniture. And and it was really neat to see the the brilliant solutions a lot of these older world craftsmen had come up with from the design of their joints to the layout of their work tables that they were able to accomplish so much without needing these extra tools by thinking their way around the problem rather than just 
throwing a pile of technology at the problem. Mm. Uh, now, there were, you know, they had techniques, but they didn't need to use all of the toys and the tools to accomplish what their mind was able to figure out. Sure. And I, I was struck by how much ingenuity, I think, true ingenuity is is on the decline. So much of what we're seeing today, even on the cutting edge stuff, is just iterations on somebody else's old ideas uh, that's made possible by, uh, well, now this this doohickey is faster. So if I take four of those faster things and do the same thing that other guy was doing, now it looks like I'm a genius because I figured out a much faster way to do it. Well, mm. no, you just had a, you put four faster doohickeys at, exactly. on the task that he was doing with a slower doohickey. Uh, and you see that as well with, um, yeah, I'll, the march of most technologies. I realized I forgot to turn the AC system off. So we are enjoying the rush of air. Well, I don't know if that'll that? make it through into the final or I'm not. I'm not drinking that heavily out of my straw, am I? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, like in Revelation, the sound of distant waters. I'll try to turn that off. Oh, that's but, right. Um, yeah, the the dying art of thinking through the problem, as opposed to googling what technology will fix it. Yeah, we do re- rely heavily on technology rather than thinking our way through problems. You know, I mean, I do too. I mean, I've got, you know, I don't have a sprinkler system in my house, but I've come up with some really good series of timers and uh you know those faucet timers and uh and uh you know and sprinklers in different places and so that i don't you know so if we mm-hmm. go away especially uh you know i know things are going to get watered because you know mm-hmm. we go away for base camp and then family camp and other things in the summer well not base camp but some of our people go away for base camp now but anyway and we do these camping trips and whatnot and then and then come back to dead grass and beautiful flowers that i've planted (laughs) that are dead or my garden's dead there's a common Um, theme there so you're so (laughs) dead 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 technology's (laughs) great i should probably just come up with a way where i can turn you know turn water on and it'll come up and and flow down all these pipes through all my whole yard or something that'd be kind of a cool uh, but uh or have you seen because they want us to cut back on our water here i know but it's rip out your lawn and put in rocks that's one of the suggestions beautiful pretty rocks (laughs) pretty I have seen people do that, and they do want us to cut it down on water usage, but it's not so ex- ex- extraordinarily priced on in, in Spokane at this point that I feel no, like it's not. I need to. Well, that's what they said. The problem is they've tried raising, I guess, water rates pretty precipitously a couple times in the past and people just to get people to stop watering their lawn. We don't. And that got at least one politician. Uh, they lost their re-election campaign, oh, apparently, as a you. result of that. Yeah, uh, and so... Yeah. And you know what else makes, if you did do the rock thing, you know what makes rocks look better? If they're wet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you still run your sprinkler. Well, you could probably get some sort of a, uh, some sort of a, a sheen you could put on the rocks (laughs) to make them. uh, (laughs) Shellac them. Oh man. (laughs) Uh, So that's one option. Yeah. But these, yeah, these, these are examples of, of clever things, uh, irrigation systems and such. But there is a there's a problem solving part of the human brain that I think is getting underutilized yeah. now, and that we should be trying to cultivate. And again, I think things like Google have contributed to that because so many of the the challenges that we face are a YouTube video, are a, mm-hmm. an article on the internet, a way um, just 
to find out how somebody else solved that problem. Yeah. But if you're not solving your own problems, you're very unlikely to ever come up with the better solution that's out there that nobody's thought of yet. I don't know how you try to balance, balance that from not wasting time, you know, don't reinvent the wheel as it were. And yet also, um, not losing that creative and, uh, problem solving part of, uh, what I think reflects even the image of God. Yeah. And I think part of the way we exercise that muscle is just by doing something creative. I mean, I think we all need to be doing something, um, you know, some of us, work mm. with 3D printers and some of us work with uh, gardens, you know, and, and no, but yeah. I mean, really, you know, some of us gardening might be the thing. I mean, you know, uh, I, but, but, but do something, maybe you're an artist, draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you're, um, well, I, I don't know, but you know, we need to be, we need to be doing things like that. And I think working um, creatively is important and then giving time to that is, is important. Um, and yeah. And I don't do that well because I don't want to fail. Whatever right. you do that all you have three D yeah, printer like here. I have you're a 3D with printer stuff here, made. I, I look at your usually, mic stand. You got to see his cool mic thing he made. <laughs> I just did, bought one because I was like, I'm of, too lazy. But the amount of googling I did on this before I was like, okay, I'm just going to try something. This is a very rare exception. Typically, like even I have a three D printer because three D printers are cool. Yes, but then I don't want to print something that's not going to work. So I want to find somebody else who designed. A thing oh, that's, already. That's probably true. But and you do that. And what so, about the wood thing? I know you Googled a lot about that too. You're making yes. a table, coffee table for here. Yeah. But you are doing I've done things. a ridiculous amount of Googling. How do I make sure that this doesn't fail? Yeah. And that is the danger that we have in, in I think, today anyway, because I Google mm-hmm. just about anything I'm going to do. I at least Google it and I find a video and go, okay, that's what I thought. You know, <laughs> but I don't just do yeah. it normally. I mean, and that's. Do you know who does? The Renaissance man. Yes, the Renaissance man. Yes. He just does it. Yeah. I I have sat on some of his, you know, handiwork like decks and pergolas or whatever those things are. It's it's like a roof, but it's not a roof. Pergola. Yeah. You got it. And so I was like, man, where'd you get get the design for this? And he just kind of looks at you like design. (laughs) Design. (laughs) I built it. I'm pretty sure that guy doesn't even own a tape measure. He just, <laughs> this looks about he right does. here. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. And it works, you know, and, and part of the reason why his doesn't fall down, I think is because that's been a habit of yeah. his and he's learned tolerances and he's learned ways of getting predictable outcomes uh, by solving the problems as they come along. Well, that he also works in a field where he solves problems. So yeah, <laughs> big problems, big <laughs> disastrous true. problems. Uh, yeah. So, well, if you don't know good. who we're talking about, you have to go back and listen to our episode on guns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, but th- that that is, for example, something that I I admire is that sure. ability. I still that I have to push myself to take those risks. That there's a good chance this will fail, and I'll have to iterate on the idea and try it again because yeah. I just want it to work and be right the first time. Well, I you know I like to cook, and I do a fair amount of cooking yeah. at home. And that is an area that I don't typically do a lot of Googling, unless I'm trying some new, like <laughs> when I first got the sous vide, I, I got to Google cook times and temperatures because <laughs> I'm not kill just guessing. <laughs> I'm just guessing, well, I think these you know, lobster tails could go in here for three minutes and probably at this temperature. No, I'm probably not just going to guess on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's translucent. It's still twitching a little bit, but I'm sure it's cooked. So, or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. It's not normally yeah. lobster tail. Just in case everybody no. was knowing. Was like, that happened wow. once. So, so that was a good good deal on those tails, too. Yeah. So it was for our I think anniversary as well, especially occasion. Don't uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's my favorite way to prepare them, though. But anyway, that's a whole nother. Uh, that's a whole nother. Yeah. But uh, anyway. ba- baking requires a lot of commitment to well, science, yeah. but cooking it cooking is a, it's a creative enterprise. But you do have to be willing to fail if you want to try creative things. And I have mm-hmm. failed. I mean, that's I've had to apologize to my family for meals. Too spicy, too salty. Sorry, I thought that the whatever tarragon <laughs> was going to go good in this, and turns out tarragon's bad in that, right? Or whatever it might be, you know? So yeah. uh, I've, I have had to do that. Thankfully, not as many as the successes have been, uh, mostly successes, but uh, but at the occasional failure. But that's an area to be creative, too, mm-hmm. as you know, is to do that. Um, but but you're right. You've got to be willing to fail, and and it is good to try and do things that you don't have to Google mm-hmm. all the time. Try it first, yeah. and it also requires a level of um, comprehension that sometimes I think we're too lazy for in the age of Google. Sure, like I don't want to understand how this works. I don't want to understand why it would be done this way. Just tell me step A, step B, step C. Let sure. me color in the lines. There's sorry, go ahead. You were no, uh, go you ahead. Caught you mid. You know, I was thinking about this because you were talking about. You know, mm-hmm. I know that you have been begun dabbling in, in binding books, and there's one right back there on the shelf. I see you. You 3D printed a stand for that has been bound <laughs> by you. That looks, see, I'm learning. Looks nice. I'm see, learning. you're learning. You're learning. Um, but there is an aspect to which you know, if you wanted to learn and get some tips from bookbinding, Chris, who would you go to in Spokane Valley? Right. I would have to look up and see if we had any local people. And, and, and it's highly likely that we don't have anyone of, of great repute, right? Now, if I, I want to start at the to... library, honestly, because sure. libraries always have somebody who knows how to rebind books. When they're not closed because of COVID or right. doing, you know, transgender happy hour reading time or whatever <laughs> it is they like to do, drag queen. That's another segment. So, <laughs> but, but, right. So, yeah. I mean, so. Uh-huh decreasingly that's where you would probably go though i mean it'd be nice to think that that's not the case right yeah we would like for us to say increasingly that's where we would go for things but sadly the trends are less libraries less about knowledge and less about Mm -hmm. and more about agenda sadly in our in our society um yeah yeah from the place where old ideas are preserved to the place where new ideas are um pummeled disseminated yeah. yeah it's uh um, but so there is to some degree, I just trying to let a, lend a little bit of, you know, legitimacy to your Googling things at times. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I love coming by and seeing you. validating you. me. <laughs> yes. I want you to feel validated, Chris. Oh, thanks, Whatever we man. have to do to, no, no, it's not true. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but there is an aspect to it where, you know, we want to learn to do new things. That is one of the, the blessings of having technology is mm-hmm. that. If you don't know how to do something, you can get some basics a lot of times on online at uh, the you know tip of your fingers, but uh, but you don't want to just just stay there. Or you you want to trial and error it. Yeah, you, you you know you might break your uh, your Game Boy Advance by trying to put a backlit <laughs> screen in it, but it, you know you got to try. That's uh, at some point very oddly specific hypothetical. Yeah, so, sorry, <laughs> some things may have happened in the past. Are you still? Still sad about that. No, I, I actually that was a successful one, but I have bricked uh, some phones by trying to repair them and things like that. So, yeah. you know, it's technology, but it's still worth 
the go. Yeah. And I know to our, our families, we'd want to encourage them to do that. that. That requires a certain level of risk tolerance as parents mm-hmm. to give our kids a place where they are free to fail. And I yeah. know that sometimes that's hard. Um, hey, I want to take a, this hammer and this nail and these boards and I want to do a thing. And there's, as the, are the odds good that that material could go to waste, that the, there could be some blood involved? Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah. Um, and so there's a time to say no. Yeah. But if there's never a time where it's like, yeah, go for it, mm-hmm. try, um, and, and see what happens, um, then, then we're creating uh, a fragile generation. Yeah, I uh, yeah to the point with the hammer and nails. Ooh. I uh, Benjamin had a hammer out in the yard the other day, and uh, and we were out working in the yard, and he was uh, hammering on our little shed, and I thought, oh, how great! Um, and then I found out he was he was really frustrated because there were there were nails on the ground. <laughs> well, he had uh, not been hammering the nails, and he had he had learned how to take the nails out that had were kind of sticking out a little bit on the trim, <laughs> and so he had taken most of the nails out of like this big piece of trim. <laughs> oh no, put nice. those back, put those back. <laughs> so then he was frantically trying to pound them back in. I said, "No, we pound the nails back in. We don't pull them out." But nice. Anyway, he was doing a good job hammering. He was fixing things, quote unquote. You know, for absolutely. Me, so it was very well, nice. good jo- good job for for yeah. him. And if your <laughs> house collapses in the yeah. middle of the night, well, it was no. the shed, thankfully. It wasn't the house. Yeah, hopefully he has. <laughs> hopefully there's nothing he can take apart in the house. Yeah, hopefully. The... Structural. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, ingenuity. It, it requires thought. Um, it requires experimentation. It requires risk taking. But that's also where the discovery uh, is to be found and where craftsmen emerge. And that's something else that I, I'm always amazed at whenever you watch a true craftsman, uh, somebody who who's taken the time to learn the rules and the, and all of that, but there's just the artistic capability of somebody who so thoroughly understands the task, the tools, the materials, everything that's involved that, uh, that, that you can just watch impulse become reality, uh, with, with very little friction. And that's fun. Um, it's frustrating then when you try to imitate them, they're like, just hold this thing and do this thing in there. Mm-hmm. And then you try it and you realize, okay, <laughs> you lied to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, but if, if we don't, if we don't have the, the willingness to, to engage with that kind of creative risk-taking um, play initially, and then um, creative hobbies and, and those sorts of things, that's going to be really sad if we end up living in a world where we only do prefabbed things that are assembled according to a YouTube video and everybody successfully completes their whatever it is that all looks exactly the same. And we rent everything from the government and we're happy. <laughs> Come to the next class. It's coming, yes. May 6th to the 8th. Watch Sign out. Sign up now. Yes. SpokaneVBC.org slash events. Yes. Yep. You're going to want to come to that next yep, class. Indeed. But anyway. <laughs> well, we had a third segment, but I don't know if we've got either time or inclination. We're always inclined. Excellent. No, I don't know. What's the, uh, what is the, uh, what was it again? Uh, I remember the first two. Yeah. The third one, we talked about it. It was something about something. Yeah. Technology. The arts. 
Nope. I don't remember it. It was uh, something that uh, I thought you had brought up. Yeah, I think like, I did. That's good. We should, in. We, like, that. we should talk about that. And then we did. We started talking about it too much. And I said, no, we got oh, yeah, to record. Because forget. otherwise, yeah, we're going to forget. We keep talking about this. That was so important. Too. Oh, it was good. So good. Oh, well. Yep. Maybe you'll get to hear about it next time. We'll see. That's sad. <laughs> but you know what? We're 40 minutes in. And yeah. that's probably enough. And without Nate, you know, we've done two thirds of a segment. So that's right. Two thirds of an episode. We'll make him That's do what it. you get without Nate. That is what you get. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. That's what we always say around the house. Oh, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying to you, listeners. <laughs> you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And that's all for this episode of Bombadil's Porch. <laughs> Thank you for enjoying a view of God's world <laughs> as we rambled today. The most boomer ending ever. <laughs> uh, we hope you'll join us again soon. You can subscribe to our podcast uh, at com or on your podcasting software of choice. Um, if you visit com, you can leave us a voicemail or message and tell us just how much you did or did not enjoy this episode. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, leave a comment or a question. And if you'd like to be on the show, make it a good one. And we just might bring you on. You never know. Uh, but we always love hearing from our listeners. And we, you can also reach us at bombadillsporch at gmail.com. From myself and Chris and Nate, who's absent, we wish you a good day of hard labor for the kingdom. Mm-hmm.